Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Welcome to the Empire of the Sun podcast. My name is Kel Nelson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. We always find a way to do new iterations of the podcast. We are sitting in the same club that we would sit in after games last year, but now we have microphones and a camera on us. It's all very strange. Hello. It's a new world out there. Pivoting to video. Speaking of a new world, uh, the Suns have lost a game one in a playoff series under Monty Williams for the first time. 115-110 loss to the Clippers. This was a weird one. The Suns typically play weird playoff games. It's been a theme for our podcast, and this was no different. Where do you want to start, man? Because there's four or five main talking points to go through from this game, and we can go anywhere, really. I guess we start with what will anger fans the most. Is that how you catch people? You want to talk about rotations right away? Yeah, let's okay, do it. Go ahead. Torrey Craig in for Josh Okogie. Played seven minutes, Josh did. I, I get it from a guarding Kawhi standpoint. If you think he can guard him better, I'm not going to argue with the coach about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think it did throw off really your depth on the bench. It obviously threw off, and campaign's injury that kept him out, another thing that kind of threw off the second unit. And it just kind of... It was already going south, um, and I, I don't really know if Torrey Craig's is not the answer because he played great, by the way, of the few bright spots for the Suns. But to me, it, it everything just felt off from that standpoint, and I don't know if you looked up how many minutes he has played with. Can we call them the core four? I don't know. That's just like sure. a lazy no, that's fine. thing, but... They're four what, best what players. What do you think? Like, what do you think that actually did? I, I'm not sure yet. I I need to think on this more. I guess. I wrote so much in my recap that a lot of it is going to be tomorrow in my preview and looking at these things. But from what I saw on Twitter, the end of quarter lineup with Booker plus the reserves really struggled. We saw that run, the 8-0 run in the end of the third quarter, but then at the end of the first as well. It's basically Booker plus reserves, and I understand the criticism for sure about the rotations and about the depth. I just – I can't get behind the decision, even if Torrey Craig played really well, just because clearly from a rhythm perspective, the bench had nothing. Now, how much of this do you want to blame on the coach and how much do you want to blame on the players for not playing well? Because no one off the bench played well. In my opinion, I thought Landry Shaman had some good moments defensively, but he was minus 14 and he was a team low minus 14. Not to completely justify the way that he played, of course, with plus minus or whatever, but if anyone played well off the bench, it was him and he had the lowest plus minus out of all of them. I, Ish had a couple of big shots that he needed to hit. He didn't make either of them. Landale had the first field goal by a member of the Suns in the late third quarter, I think with 30 seconds left. All of this, though, is not what I want to talk about, Kevin, if I'm being honest. Okay. I don't think the game starts there at all. What have I been saying, my, my friend? What have I been saying? You said core four, big four, whatever you want to call them, the, the big four, quartet, I, I don't know, Some man. When all four yeah. of them play well, they are going to win the basketball game. Two of them did not play well. You could argue three of them did not play well. I thought that Kevin Durant was really good in this game, but for the most part, the dominant level of offense that we are coming to expect from the guy who is arguably the best basketball player on the planet, we did not see it. He took one shot 
from I believe the six minute mark. Uh, 6.50, he, he had like a pull-up or something like that, and then he took one three with 90 seconds left. That was it. And this wasn't like a they're running offense for him and the looks aren't there. They weren't even running offense for him. When the Suns took a timeout, there was this maddening stretch that we don't have time to get through. I didn't have time to write it all out on the website. You can see more there. You guys listening saw the game. But if you want to go back and rewatch it, they could have seized control of this game four different times because the Clippers were messing up just as much as the Suns were. And the Suns were messing up, quote-unquote, with shots that Aiton and Chris Paul normally hit. I can't remember what game that they won um, towards the end of the regular season, but I remember Chris saying, like, some nights it's going to be me and DA. Some nights it's going to be Kevin and Devin. This was one of those nights where it was supposed to be Chris and DeAndre hitting those shots. They did not. Uh, but to that whole point anyway... It was a brutal DeAndre game. I don't think Chris played that well altogether. I I thought everyone defensively was really good. I thought Booker was sensational defensively. I thought Chris did really, really good defensively, especially with what they were trying to do to him. I thought DeAndre was in there, minus the rebounding. And then I thought Durant was really good defensively as well. But you look at the shots that Aiden had to hit and he didn't hit. You look at the shots that Paul had to hit and he didn't hit. That was really the difference in this game. It just goes back to my point of guess what? It's fine if you have 10 points off the bench because you have four incredibly good players and just two of them, in my opinion, Durant and Booker played to like around that caliber. And I thought that Aiden and Paul had off nights and that was the difference because if I told you they would get 20 plus points from one guy that was not those other four, you would have guessed Terrence Ross, whoever, right? It doesn't matter who it was, Campaign, Landry Shamit. It was Torrey Craig tonight. He had 22. You would have never guessed that the Suns lose that game and they lost it. The craziest part to me is – and it didn't even have to come out as a, like a bait question from the Clippers reporters, but I went to Ty Lue's presser and he was asked like Tory Craig got going in that third, especially they were running pick and rolls for Tory Craig. Like they were spamming that. Mm-hmm. And it made sense because of how the matchups were and Zubach was really guarding him and, and trying to stay in front of him. But I think the biggest thing there is that when you have, spamming Torrey Craig, which I don't know if there's any game that we've seen that. No. I don't think so. No. Well, the context here is that the Clippers were using Zubach like a like a screener, essentially. Or, or I'm sorry. They were trying to get Zubach in those ball screen actions specifically because of Torrey Craig being guarded by him. The twist here is that Kawhi Leonard was guarding DeAndre Ayton. And that was the big... Mix up and the way that I wrote it to tease the recap on Twitter is that this was the adjustment before adjustments even started. The question was, who was Kawhi going to guard? Was he going to guard a Kogi in the corner? Was he going to maybe guard DeAndre? And I think a lot of that, again, comes back to them being... You should look at that and be like, Kawhi, one of the best defenders ever. Still one of the best defenders alive. But DeAndre is a seven-foot center, and he needs to win that matchup. But they did not go there. And it was interesting to hear... Monty, talk about that because I, at some point in the mid-second quarter, I started thinking, like, maybe you do just run the Aiden ball screen over and over again and get Kawhi switched onto it or whatever the plan is there for them because we hardly saw Aiden set those screens to just wear Kawhi out. They're kind of giving you the opportunity to wear him out, which is the reason why he's not on Durant in the first place for the whole game. But they went to those Tory ball screens. They were really effective. But to your point, they're okay with that. Yeah, Tyloo admitted yeah, I'm okay with that, and wasn't throwing shots at Torrey. I said Torrey played great, and he meant it. Another weird lineup tweak. Uh, Russell Westbrook also got a lot of time on Durant, and I thought it was very 
when you get in the playoffs, like how they're guarding Durant was very different than how they were guarding Booker and Paul. And you could, if you're an optimist, you can say, okay, early in that game, Book got a lot of good looks in mid-range. He was just off. I don't know what was up. Chris got some here and there. KD did not really have good looks, and that's because they were just they were like, you're not getting a shot off. We're staying in front of you. And Russ, it doesn't even Russ doesn't care about getting back in front of him. Russ was like, I'm just going to be on your backside. You can be afraid of wherever I am and not see me very well. And he blocked his shot once, but they were really just kind of sandwiching KD. And again, like the 11 assists, great. You're you're making the right basketball play, um, and that's what happens there. And he played that well, I think. Had a lot of tipped balls, though. Still, you, you would like, I think people are going to be upset about what Monty didn't do to get Book and KD more just looks because you can run simple, like we talked about all the eight games going into this, you can run pretty simple offense, you would think, and get that guy open shots. Durant brought the ball up a ton in this game. I think that by the late first quarter, he had brought the ball up more than he had in his entire eight games combined at that point. And to what you're saying, they just weren't able to find him looks and they weren't able to find Booker looks. But again, I think that just goes back to the some nights thing. And it's like some nights it's going to be Chris and DA. And this was one of those nights and they just didn't execute well enough. But again, I'm pulling it up right now. So brief 90-second summary of the game. Uh, Terrible 18 minutes from the Suns. Just really bad. I got to go back and watch it exactly and see how much of their offense was stifled because they were trying to figure out the Aiton screening situation because Aiton goes from setting every screen on or off the ball because they were doing the elbow stuff and Kawhi was like, oh, I'm switching. I'm on Kevin Durant now. And that was troubling for them as well. They figured it out in the mid-second quarter, but the way I described it in my recap was this was not like everything started to click. It was, oh, we're just kicking down the door over and over again, and now there's just no door left, and we're finally able to walk through, essentially. And then they go through that door again in the third quarter. They go up 6 or 9, 15-0 run? 9, yeah, after the 15-0. 15-0 run. And then, again, the Booker Plus Reserves uh <laughs> By lineup. the way, the, Monty just started throwing KD in with that group because he's like, oh, oh, there's no offense. We and in, there was I mean, a minute left, and there were, like, stoppages with a minute left, and he was even get, taking that extra minute to get them uh, some run. But I believe an 8-0 run by the Clippers to tie the game up. And then we go to crunch time, and that's, again, this is what I really wanted to highlight and kind of run through a bit here and what I was sort of teasing there. So with under six minutes left, Booker misses a three is what it is. Uh, Clippers are up one. We get Kawhi misses a three, and then this is where – Aiton is starting to get defended by a center again because Kawhi is now taking uh, KD in crunch time. So again, okay, best defender on the planet is over there. We're going to run this. Chris misses a floater, barely misses it. Terrence Mann runs it down. Booker takes a charge. And then there's a timeout from here. DeAndre gets his shot blocked by Westbrook five feet out, misses another floater. Clippers get it back. Booker has that incredible... Uh, I'm sorry, uh, this is a bit later. Booker has a separate steal where it's just a really bad turnover um, by the Clippers. Suns get the ball back. They turn it over themselves for a Terrence man and one. That's where Devin Booker makes an incredible diving, save, steal, transition, kickhead pass at the same time behind his back. Torrey Craig and one. And through all of this, the Clippers are still up one with under four minutes to go. Chris Paul misses a 12-footer. Eric Gordon misses a three. Zubach misses a tip-in. Aiton misses a 20-footer. 307 left. There's like It's like five seconds from the Clippers' possession. Tyler's like, no. Like he just calls a timeout, and he's like, enough of this. We need to get organized. We need to slow it down. 
How do they get organized? Russell Westbrook throws the pass to his own bench. And at that point, I'm like, okay, here comes Kevin Dre in the offense. And Kevin... The other Kevin was just standing in the corner the entire time. They ran some of their motion. like they, they got movement going. Like Booker was running through, and ultimately what it seemed like the goal was is Devin's going to run through, be a decoy. Kevin's going to be the spacing over there on the weak side, and we're just going to get Chris and D.A. going here. And it seemed like that was the plan at least. Chris gets an 11-footer. He misses it. Uh, I'm sorry, actually. It, no, yeah, that, that was it. The 11-footer. The way I wrote it, Kevin... You know a dagger, like a dagger play? Yes. The Suns kept handing the Clippers the dagger, and then the Clippers just kept, like, fumbling it in their hands. That's what it felt like. Gordon misses another three. 243 left. That was an open three, too, right, if I remember? It was. This is the point where the Suns lost the game. I know that it is 199 with 243 left, but once Paul missed that jumper with 249 left off of that timeout where it seemed like they had all the time in the world to figure out a look for Devin or Kevin, and they got to that instead, this is where they lost it. Russell Westbrook grabs a rebound. Four seconds later, sets up a Kawhi open three. No one finds Kawhi off a scramble situation. I don't know how. Aiden gets back-to-back floaters, but then Kawhi hits a contested three, and then they triple-team Kawhi. Only need to double him. They triple him. Ten feet away from him, top of the key, Eric Gordon, the only pass that Kawhi can make. Hits an open three. The Suns are down six with 90 seconds left, and that's where the game was basically done. They had one more chance, but then they failed an offensive rebound on three straight misses. That was Westbrook grabbing one, Westbrook tipping one, and then Terrence Mann tipping one as well. D.A. had a chance at all three of those balls and just could not get to them. And he just had a brutal rebounding night. Zubac out-rebounded him 15-8, to and the number that I found is that D.A. in that Western Conference Finals two years ago, different kind of matchup, but he was still facing against Zubac for a lot of those minutes. He had 27 total offensive rebounds in those six games. He had zero tonight. I think Westbrook had five on his own and all of this is to say by the way later on in that situation the Suns go on a mini 5-0 run the the offensive rebounds happen it's a one-point game Westbrook draws a foul makes two free throws and then blocks Booker's shot but Booker thought he got fouled I haven't seen a replay of it yet maybe he did get fouled but Westbrook was just gigantic in this game he was three of 19 in this game and he was the second best player on his team in this game yeah I think you wrote he was the x-factor we found out how that's going so far. Not exactly what I meant by that. I, yeah. <laughs> I meant more by like his playmaking and other stuff. And This is it, though. Me and you, uh, if you didn't listen earlier in the week, you, we were talking about this X-Factor thing, and what you said is, like, I don't think I've ever seen a guy who plays that hard. Like I was saying, okay, I've seen Mikel play that hard constantly, but I don't. a third guy didn't come to mind. Like That's how unique his energy is. And what I wrote is, Kevin, if you've ever been the person to bash on Westbrook or you've just heard – the motor thing about how hard he plays and you haven't understood it watching it there's the game right there I mean I I talked about it like on our last podcast I thought it was important it was kind of like Carmel Anthony at some point realized okay I'm not that dude anymore but I can still be very valuable and I think he was at a a later even stage to realize that than Westbrook Westbrook still has his athleticism he's still a really good playmaker off the dribble he can dictate pace if you give him the lead starting role. Um, and if he starts to learn, and it looks like he is, that, hey, like, Suns put KD on him, and we thought, like, if you're a Suns fan, you probably think, okay, that's good. Durant sits back. Durant lets him shoot jumpers. He starts 0 for 7. It's the only reason you the Suns You get them are in out the of their offensive rhythm. Yeah. And he did. That all happened. But then you get him just being like, okay, I don't care about my shot. I'm just going to go do other stuff. And the other stuff was really impactful. So I think 
man, Kawhi was really good, but him and Book on defense, both of them, I think we got to mention that. Yeah, the two, outside of Kawhi's star showing, the two signature performances were defensive and they were Westbrook and Booker. I saw like crazy. five national guys in a row after the flip to Torrey Craig and that that wasn't the only play. Like he was yeah. pretty much doing a lot and again, if you ask I'm going to f- yeah. I'm going to find it for tomorrow. Remember the Powell mid-range jumper that went in with like 3 seconds left on the shot clock? Book defended that entire possession. He fought over a screen like he did everything and the shot went in still and I was like, man, like he he locked up Middleton for stretches of the finals, and if you go back and watch game six, like he makes one of the biggest plays of the game. I think it's a two- or three-point game, and he either blocks Middleton's shot or like gives him no opportunity to get even a semi, not even semi, but like a heavily contested look that might go in. Yeah. He just completely shut him down for stretches of that series, but I think this might have been the best defensive game he's ever played. Yeah, I mean, that's what's so hard about this is I didn't, I felt like there was continuity problems kind of on both ends, honestly. And Well, that's that was that three-minute stretch, right? Both yeah. teams, like these teams don't know how to win together yet. Yeah, and so I, I don't know if you're more optimistic if you're a Suns fan or a Clippers fan because there are just so many weird anomalies, the mid-range issues early for the Suns, matchups. I'm curious... Both teams kind of came into this. Like, the Tories switch into the starting lineup I thought was important because it was almost like, a, oh, the Suns are trying to do this not only because of matching up with Kawhi, but I think it it was a throwing them for a loop because if you put a Kogi in that same position, the Clippers did a really good job, obviously, again, of making Torrey Craig do a lot. I think Torrey Craig's more capable of worrying you just because he – can occasionally hit a mid-range he can occasionally he's been a good three-point shooter this year and I think they were trying to avoid putting Josh Kogi in a game one you're going to be left open in the corner Uh oh you miss four shots Uh oh you miss eight shots we're pulling you at the end of the game don't worry about it crush it it. but also him on that bench unit is almost as worthless as him having not very much confidence on offense so I I know I, where I'm going with this is I'm curious which teams and how soon it takes these teams to change things or panic. Because I think Ty Lue might come back with something completely different next game. And, like, they're going to stand on the stuff that they did well, but I, I could see some weird rotation swaps just to stay ahead. I can't remember if I said it here somewhere else, but I thought Shaman and Wainwright were the guys that were going to play. Um, that yeah. prediction came out true just because of the on-ball defense that they really needed. But... It just didn't flow for them at all. A bizarre part of this game, so much is going to be talked about in these next 36 hours about depth and how the Clippers have more pieces, like they have more, they, they're a deeper team or whatever. Eric Gordon was the only other guy to break 15 points in this game. He had 19, and then they only had three other guys in double figures. It was Zubac with 12, Mann with 10, and Powell with 14. Like, no one else really got going. I saw um, a Clippers writer tweet something to the effect of the Clippers win this one they've still got that one game where the role players all hit a ton of threes that was not tonight they were 10 of 31 from three they've got the Scott Foster game which was a joke but probably not a joke considering the track record there and then he was like they just need to steal one more after that and then they've got this series and then Paul George is back and then they're looking at a finals run or whatever right like that's how they're viewing it at least and I think we can kind of close there what can you even say which team blew this more? 
or not which team blew this more, which team needed this win more with how the game unfolded. Like you could do, you could say every single game this closely the Clippers need to win because of the talent deficit that they're looking at. Or you could say 22 points from Torrey Craig, a night where you have a lot of things that you're down 16 and you come back and you're within, you're not within, it's a one possession game in the fourth quarter for most of it for the, from the sun's edge. I, I don't really know. Yeah. I, I'm pretty lost too. I, I think this showed us that there is a lot of the continuity issues. Um, but again, the Clippers could find that too. If the Suns make one little tweak, um, I wouldn't be all doom and gloom, I guess, if I'm talking to a Suns fan. I think this I, – I always thought it would be a tough fight, if, and I picked it in six games for the Suns. I, I think they're going to learn a lot. And if they're going to go all the way at all or get even to the conference finals, like, they should look at this and be like, okay, we – they didn't flop after getting down big early. They fought back. They found stuff. I think getting KD on the ball, honestly, like if that's a patch, patching it for temporary times just to get him on the ball more and get him in a rhythm better, if you don't like how he's going to get it if he's not on the ball. But, yeah, I mean, I I think they need to work through it and find temporary patches for long-term solutions. And the longer this series goes, honestly, the more they're going to learn anyway. So that's like a super optimistic way to look at it i guess but like they're i think they embrace it like how they talk about these things i wasn't in the sun's side of this but long series that that's how this goes 26 of 33 from the foul line uh they attempted more free throws i did not expect that to happen in a game in this series and it already happened in the first one i think that's a positive for them i don't think anything my thought process on the series, like I picked Suns in five before, I'm still going to pick Suns in five after this. I didn't really see anything too alarming on that end. They just got to get it together a little bit. They just have to have a little bit more cohesion, a little bit more continuity and flow. Like I said, the, like you were saying, the best thing to come out of this from the Suns' perspective is that the Clippers look just as lost as they do. That's like, true. This was not a, a sharp outing by any means from the Clippers. They just turned this into a physical affair with the way that they were defending early. And I think that was an angle some Suns fans were concerned with with how physical this series was going to get. But their talent will prevail in a lot of these games. And, and it just did not in this game. But they got to find a better way to utilize their talent, which is where you look ahead to game two. And, and I'm previewing it specifically and just looking at, yeah, like Durant should not take below 20 shots the rest of the series. He took 15 in this one. He, he was 10 of 10 from the line, to be fair, and he had 11 assists with only one turnover. But that number has got to go up, and they only generated 19 threes. Like, you're just playing a bad math game if you can't generate enough threes, even with their mid-range proficiency and all that stuff. Even if you don't even consider that, they missed, like, two open threes in the first, like, couple minutes that were corner threes, and one was KD. A lot of it was missed shots, and you could just shrug and say, well, we missed some shots, but there were also blown possessions on both ends. You just make some more shots. You clean up those blown possessions. Like, it's going to be a dogfight on this, like, with that team because they know what they're doing. But, yeah, talent-wise, you should feel good. I I don't think, like, do we even write about the bench tomorrow? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much more you need other than you need to play a little better. Just a little bit better. Yeah. That's it. And I think everyone – that's the thing is that this was not a – they did not get an incre- 
it wasn't an incredible quiet performance, but he was really, 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 really good. I think if you factor in Booker's defense, you can give that argument for his level of play. Like he's never gonna, he's not gonna play a better defensive game in the whole postseason. I don't, I don't think I'd love to challenge him on that. I guess from from that perspective as a basketball fan, but beyond that, like this is gonna be maybe the worst. This will be the worst game Chris Paul plays in the series. I would like to think this is gonna be the worst game that DeAndre Ayton plays in the series. I would like to think, and then I would even go as far as to say like this might be the worst game Kevin Durant plays again. He's Kevin Durant. Like he scored 17 in the second quarter just to keep them afloat. Like they should have drowned in the second quarter. That's yeah. the way I wrote it. But he scored 17 to keep them within five. So I, th- I still think they're in a really, really good spot. I don't even want to talk about panic meter yet because I don't even have a score line on it. I wouldn't even grade it at all. But I will say, if the Clippers are the team to execute more, adjust more, find flow more, regardless of the result in the next game, that is where I'll start to worry. Like, the Suns could have a game where they win on Tuesday, and I could still be like, uh, because we we were, I think it was after game three in New Orleans, where they won that game, and you were like, I don't know, man, this just isn't the team. It's not turning. This isn't, like, it's not happening, And, and that's where we'll have to really monitor as well, but we're monitoring from afar. We're not we're that's not reading what, too much. That's into, our into job to monitor. Yeah, yeah this team. I don't know, man. You ready to do this again on Tuesday? Yeah, I think this went well. I'm worried about my posture. I've always had bad posture, but hopefully, like Jeremy angles it well and edits it really well, where you can't tell that I'm slouching. Like I'm very much taller than you, but like down here. I was cracking my back before we did a video, and you made you <laughs> called me like that was the most dad thing I've ever. We were walking down onto the court, and you stopped at one of the courtside <laughs> seats and just did the sit down and like crack back for five seconds move, and I was like, wow, washed. I've been doing that since high school. Can you it's believe Valley even... of the Suns, Kevin, looking at you and seeing you do that? He would be shaking his head in absolute shame. Washed. When you didn't know who I was when I would tweet at you all the time. Did you know that? Have I ever told you that? I was a big fan of Valley of the Suns, Kevin Zerman, when I had 14 Twitter followers. Do you know that I almost recruited you for azdesertswarm.com, but then I left I, it? I would have loved that because I was writing on a blog that nine people I think people I saw read. your blog spot or something. I was ranked like spot? Ryan Anderson and Caleb Tarzuski. That's where I was. We've come a long way, everyone. Jeremy, did anything, happen? Jeremy, did anything bad happen with the Cardinals in that six hours? <laughs> What's up? How are they doing? Hopkins doesn't want to race? What does that mean? What does he want? Can always why why can't he tweet what he wants instead of what he doesn't want? I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing He also it. Like, signed it my, his nickname. Do you sign things your nickname? All I, I got to say is I love Buda Baker. I wish him the best with whatever it is, and wherever he goes, that will be the team that I'm rooting for the most this year because I'm just rooting for the Cardinals to lose, I guess. I don't know. Are they tanking? We don't know. Are you ready to read nothing into their defensive-minded head coach because they got no defensive personnel to properly evaluate their defensive-minded coach? Okay, 